It was mentioned, and it was also a thought that came forward. The servant, the suffering, a God's answer to why. Why suffering? We sometimes miss this thing in suffering, and I, it's not an easy thing to crack the book of Job, but when we were singing about um, the eye is on the sparrow, the little sparrow, how much more valuable are we than sparrows? And in um, the song, it says, when our hope is like gone. That's where Job was in the story. So now, let's open to Job 1 and just read the first chapter of Job. I have the King James Version here. Um, and I'll read the first chapter just to get a little bit of the perspective. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance was also 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yoke of oxen and 500 she-asses and a very great household. So that this man was the greatest of all the men of the East. And his sons went and feasted in their houses every day, one his day and sent and called for the three sisters to eat and drink with them. And it was so when the days of the feasting were gone about that Job sent and, and sacrificed them and, and sanctified them, excuse me, and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. And Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God heaven hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them and I only am escaped alone to tell thee while he was yet speaking there came also another and said the Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away yea and slain the servants with the edge of the sword and, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. What was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in the eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house and it fell upon the young men and they were dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Then Job arose, rent his mantle, and shaved his head, and fell upon the ground and worshiped, and said, Naked I have come into my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. There's a second chapter that continues the pain and suffering of Job, and it is now his body which the Lord has allowed the business of Satan to touch. We all have suffered in our life. We all know what suffering is about. But God wagered, have you considered my servant Job? We are servants. And Jesus said it a little differently. If they persecuted me, they also will persecute you. There's suffering in the world. In this book, in all 42 chapters of it, does not really answer the question why unless you read it, you study it, you pour over the, as I was told, the imperatives. Preacher told me, look at the imperatives. There's two imperatives, two in this entire book coming from God. And sometimes you can read between the lines. You have to read this whole book and that's what really got me tormented is to read and understand all of Job in one, well, in a few days. So, what is the story of Job? It's simple and it's complex and it's deep and it doesn't answer what we want answered but it answers what God wants answered. It is a story of four calamities. We just wrote a, read them. One, two, three. His possessions were gone. And four, his family was gone. And five, the pain came in in chapter two. And so what, what does this all mean? There's meaning in this. There is something about the New Year's resolutions. Why? Because Job had one resolution very clearly stated in this book. You can read it. It was his integrity. He did not give it up. No. He did not even when his wife said, curse God and die, he did not curse God. He did not. At the end of this, it says, in all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. And if I can get to the second chapter, it says the same thing. It said that he did not sin in all this did not Job sin with his lips, is the way it's stated. This is a servant. This is the best servant. This is God. He's allowing Satan to touch the best he has. In this time and age, yeah, so we look back and we say, well, 
what was before him, what was after him. We can't get a time period, but we know that Noah was righteous in his day. We know that this man in the land of Uz was, let me just read down through that again. He was perfect, upright, one that feared God and eschewed evil. And so the signature verse is, is really 28-28. The signature verse, since I don't have it in front of me, 28-28, basically, if I paraphrase this, is that if, let me just read it for sure. 28-28 states that And unto man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to part from evil is understanding. It's probably better put than I could have paraphrased it. But the point is, the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. And so, Job was considered wise, but when the pain hit, he began to accuse God. His three friends stuck up for him. The fourth one, um, actually the three friends accused him more than they did stick up for him, but they were there. And so this breaks down the servant in three categories. The people were there the fourth servant was there to defend Job, actually defend God, and then God was there to answer the question, why? It's very interesting because God talks to us in the language we bring forth. If we are not careful with our words and specific with our words, he won't answer us. And so, just to digress a little bit, in the second verse, he had boils all over his body and he was scraping them with a, a piece of pottery. That is painful. Reminds me of when my wife and I did some genealogy in the past, that there was a nice little um, will. We used to read through the wills to get some of the information. And the will says that he decided to will a bag of sand to someone that was in his family with which to rub himself. I mean, come on, <laughs> that is mean. <laughs> Job's situation was meaner, but we do this stuff to ourselves. We as people put this stuff called suffering out to each other. And so the three sections of this whole thing is to define and understand what a servant is. In my first part of this, what's the description of the servant? Greatest among you will be servant to all, is how Jesus puts it. The servant will suffer as the master suffered. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Job is talking about suffering here. The greatest among you was Jesus. Did he suffer? 
did he suffer? The characteristics, when you read the characteristics of the servant and you begin to show how Noah, and I'm just picking a few, Noah, Jesus, and Job, and look at the parallels between them. Job and Noah and Jesus were all blameless in their time periods. Job and Jesus <laughs> lost all their material possessions. Noah was ridiculed, and Noah had nothing going into the ark. So his possessions were gone. But did they suffer? All these men suffered. Again, Noah was ridiculed. Jesus was not even received of his own and was crucified and put to death. Something Job didn't suffer in this story. Something Job didn't suffer at all in this story was death. He had a hedge of protection around him. All these men had a hedge of protection around him. One of the characteristics of us, his servants. We have a hedge of protection around us. Don't forget that. He put the ark around Noah. He put very little around Jesus. He put around him a time period that no one could touch him. And he put around him innocence. He was totally innocent. It still didn't keep him from being crucified. And Job, he had a hedge of protection around him to begin with. It was removed, but still they could not touch his life. So where is this story going? I mean, what is Job all about? Why is the big question here? Why suffering and why did Job have to suffer? But back to the three sections, the description of the servant, the duties of the servant, and the destination of the servant. Remember when Job had the 7,000 sheep and the 3,000 camels, the 500 oxen and the 500 donkeys? Seven is blessing in Ruth, seven sons is blessing. He had seven sons, he had blessing. But 10, if you add them up, is test. God tests the servant. That's one of the duties. So if we go from the first part of this, which is the description, the description has in it a bit of what we talked about in um, Romans. There's a master and a servant, always. You either serve Satan and sin or you serve righteousness and Jesus or God. Your choice, in a sense, is a free will thing. You serve a master. Who is it? And so, in this case, Job never knew, never knew Satan was doing this. Never knew it. He didn't know. He kept calling out to God, why me? Why this pain? Why this suffering? Why this evil? <clears throat> that truck stop 
guy named Riley Dawson, who I was telling all the wonderful things about Jesus to, he would say, God is God created evil. It's right there in Isaiah 45, 7. I don't like to read that because I conclude that God didn't create evil. I conclude he didn't create evil. He created all things. Yes. Get a grip on yourself, Dawson, my friend, who didn't believe in Jesus. Get a grip on yourself. Set a resolution in all of this. Set a resolve. Job's was integrity. Ours is maybe something different. It's okay. Set a resolution, a resolve, that you are going to serve God. It reminds me of uh, Joshua who said, as far as my house and my family, we will serve the Lord, period. He served the Lord. This is, this is so hard to throw across the mic but God has something waiting for us. But first, the duties. Once we know that a servant must follow God and, and must trust God in the long run, and that starts with a healthy fear of God and the wisdom that goes along with it. But you might say, okay, What's, what's next? He had all this, this sheep. He had all these tests. And all these parallels really point to Jesus. But what about, what about God? What's he doing in all of this? Michael Brown recount, recounts that how could God allow the writing of such a powerful argument against him in Job? Why could this? And then another writer, Christopher Wright, adds that God allows us as many words to write our complaints, our thank yous, our notes back to him. But because our lament is a drop in the ocean of the grief God has, it's going to fall on, on listening ears, but it's going to fall without a sound compared to what God has put up with. Think about that for a minute. What has God's heart endured this suffering? Yeah. Um, first thing that happened is the Sabaeans and um, the Chaldeans come across the border. The border was open. Come right across the border and took what God had blessed them, Job, with. Took it. Who did it belong to? Well, God. Didn't belong to Job. Didn't belong to Sabaeans or the Chaldeans. We got a wide open border in our life. As servants, we need to serve. He had taken care of his household. He had sacrificed for their sins. He had done all kinds of things. Where is this story going? 
The duties, yes, is to suffer. Two, to praise God. And inasmuch, inasmuch of praising God is to understand why, what's going on with Satan here. We, we, listen to verse 9. Satan questioned to God was, Doth Job fear God for nothing? Listen to that. Lie that's couched in the very wager that Satan makes for nothing, for nothing. We're not, what, what? Life is everything and life eternal is even a lot more. And then second lie that he says is, all that man hath will he give for his life. As if he owns his own life. As if he forgot God created that life. God gave and is giving life. It's God who gives life. And what happens in this whole thing is we serve with our talents, the master who has given us life. To be thankful, to be resolute, to lose our life and save our soul. How many times have we heard that? You want to, you know, have your life but lose your soul? So it, it becomes poignant, but still the question why? Why? Where's this going? Where's the destination? All his friends begin to go back and forth. The answer to Job's question, what was Job's question? That's was pretty, pretty interesting. I kind of have to look it up. Surely I would speak to the Almighty and I desire to reason with God. The question here in 13.3, you, you got to read the whole book of Job to get some of this at least figured out. Job 13.3, surely I would speak to the Lord. I need to speak. To, I've got an argument here. 23.4, I would order my case or my cause before him and fill my mouth with arguments. He's going to argue with the Almighty. Wonderful. Listen, the questions that we ask in our church, the questions we ask are absolutely amazing because the answers come from God. And when we get an answer to some of this, why is there suffering? God will never leave us. He will answer us. Job's asking questions here and he's getting answers. What are the answers? One of those answers is the imperative, the imperative. Thank you very much for the imperative. I didn't even want to look for that imperative till someone told me, look it up. Job 38 is where God begins to speak. 38.3 says, gird up thy loins like a man. What? Gird up thy loins like a man. For I will demand of thee, and thou, and answer thou me. Job 42 and 47. And God says, Shall he that contendeth with the Almighty instruct him? He that reprove God, let him answer me. Gird up thy loins now like a man. 
and verse 7. I will demand of thee and declare unto me. He's asking Job to talk to him. Don't lose the uh, point here. God calls Job his servant six times. In Job 1, 8, 2, 3, 42, 7, and three times in 42, 8 when he's making sacrifices for his three friends that got God wrong. He likes Job. He likes Job. He's talking to Job. He hasn't ignored him. He's answering his question. And what did Job say? He wished he had never been born. He wished it had been dark. And God says, you've darkened my counsel? Question mark. Job is saying to God, I wish I could reverse all of creation. So when you read 38 tonight, when you read 38 and 39, I believe, when you read God's response, you'll see he talks about some really interesting things. He talks about, let me see if I can get it in front of me. He talks about snow, rain, sea, clouds, hawk, horse, grasshopper, peacock, wild goats, donkeys, ox, and yes, the unicorn. He talks about creation. This is my recreation. I'm the one that made this. I'm the one that said, let there be light. Not darkness. Job, I'm the guy that gives you life. And life more abundantly. We forget that. What's really interesting is there's also some answers about suffering in here we kind of fly on by. The three guys sat quietly with Job when this first happened for seven days and didn't say a word. Listen to R.C. Sproles, who had a story of the Greasy family, the football star family. A woman friend was battling cancer for 10 years and wanted R.C. to come and see her in her home. He was baffled at what to do and what to say to this woman. R.C. says, I don't think I, or he quotes her as saying, I don't think I can take it anymore. The woman in a statement was giving up. He didn't know what to say. No words came. He sat and listened to her in her home, in her pain, and prayed with her and held her hand and went home and went home. The next day, she fell down the stairs and was taken to the hospital and never returned home again. But the lady that had brought him to talk to her called him up the next day and said, R.C., I'm all excited. Do you realize what happened? You're, you talked to my friend Judy and she was so excited that you had come and saw her. R.C. said, I didn't say anything. I just sat there. She said, her friend said, but that is all she wanted. 
and she heard all the sermons and platitudes that you've done. But all she wanted was someone to show her that they cared. The answer to suffering is us, is our duty. We are the servant. Is in Job, it is Yahweh who says, Here I am. Here I am. God answers Job, yeah. But he answers with what he asked. And what he argued, his, that creation would be dark, that he would not be born, that life wouldn't happen. And God answered with him all of this stuff that seems not to have a common sense logic at all in it. And it is the very answer that Job had asked a question to. It's the very answer. And so, the resolution. Spend time reading the Bible. That's one thing. I could pick a hundred things here, but I'm not going to. Job's New Year's resolution was integrity. He was not going to give it up. And by the way, when the council of God met, and then the Jewish thought on what the sons of God and Satan coming also to this council of God was actually the day of atonement that wasn't there yet. The day of atonement. The one day that the sacrifices were made. The one day that God was accessible, if you will, by the high priest in the Holy of Holies. Yeah, the one day. And then there was another day that it happened again, probably a year later. I think this story of suffering lasted a year for Job. It says, from the servant's lips here, Job says, and it says, then Job answered the Lord, I am unworthy. How can I reply to you? I put my hand over my mouth. I put my hand over my mouth. I spoke once, but I have no answer. Twice. But I will say no more. This is the Lord that's questioning. I will question you, and you shall answer. My ears have heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you, says Job. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. That's where he was at, with the potsherd, with the piece of pottery, scraping himself. But he restores Job. Job's suffering was over. Someday ours will be over. His, it was over. And um, he restored him by two times in the cattle. Two times in the cattle. Only once in the family. Now, I don't know where his wife was in all of this. She isn't named. He had the most beautiful 
daughters. And they names the daughters. Where was the wife in all of this? She had 20, 20, 20 kids. 20. She had another 10 children if she's still the wife. That's almost uh, <laughs> hard to believe. 10 the first time and 10 the second time. Why only one set of children? Why not a double set of children? He gave them double the camels, double the oxen, double all the rest. He still has the first set. God is life. They're in heaven. He will see them again. I'm saying they're in heaven. I don't know. The book doesn't say that. But he has two sets of children. God has blessed him two times. But at the end of the chapter. So we begin to see the answer of why emerging. And it's hard to tell the story of Job. It's just difficult. It's too true. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than the Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. This is another imperative from Christ, to go. Matthew, rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward. It's not over. It's not over just because Satan says it's for naught. Or Satan says he will forget his life to, or try to save his own life and forget you. No. For so persecuted they and the prophets which were before you, because your reward will be great. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God here on earth is being built today. The kingdom of heaven is forever. The kingdom of God is forever. What is your 2024 resolution? What is your purpose? What is your resolve? Are you ready for God's truths in 2024? What is going to happen? We don't know. The message is come and trust God and be his servant. Come and follow him. Trust him. We may not have a why until the other side of heaven. We don't have that why now. The whole book of Job has to be read to understand this. And again, I have just had a hard time pulling these pieces together, but the why is answered in eternity. Because there isn't pain and suffering in eternity for those who believe. God is pointing to that even though he shows it in Job's life on earth. Job was a righteous and upright man and he allows 
suffering in our day and age. It's not because he caused it. It's because we caused it. The original sin and people steal things and people do wrong and evil. But we got a message. We got the good news. We can pass it on. And for every person you tell the gospel message to, they're in the kingdom of heaven battling the kingdom of Satan. One of our wins is one of his losses. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this very stark message out of your book, one of the oldest books. And we thank you for what it tells us and what it means and the power that's in it. And we thank you for being our master, our God, and our redeemer. And we just ask you to walk with us today, bring us back here safely again, and forgive us for our sins. For we are not perfect. Even though we want to be and strive to be, we are not perfect. Forgive us for where we fail. We thank you for all that you do. Through Christ I pray. Amen. closing hymn, if everybody please stand and let's sing hymn 435, Just As I Am.
We ask, Lord, for changes in the leadership of our country that we turn back to you from all the things that are going on now. This is ridiculous. And Lord, we know that you have the power to save and the power to do the things that need to be done. We ask you, maybe each and every one of us can in some way help that to happen in the future for this year. We thank you for the message we've heard today of Job what he went through, how his friends turned on him, and just didn't believe anything he said, and he must have done something wrong, or he wouldn't be treated the way he's been treated. And Lord, we know the true story is that he was a man of God, and God was protecting him and looking at him, just as we are today. Those of us who have turned to you, and those of us who have saved, you know, will spend eternity with you in heaven, Right now, Lord, we have to live the life we live and turn to you each and every day for your leadership. We just ask that you would do that. And Lord, we ask for blessing on again those that are on prayer list, that you will heal and comfort each and every one, and be with them each and every hour or every day. Lead God direct us, Lord. We ask all these blessings in your name, that you would forgive us our sins. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. <laughs>